RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Housing blocks in Hong Hum and Chun Wan are locked down after positive COVID tests. COVID outbreaks are confirmed at two secondary schools as Hong Kong reports another 115 new cases. And Hong Kong's economy returns to growth after two years of contraction. The government has locked down buildings in Hong Ham and Chun Wan after a resident of each block came down with COVID-19. Those who live in or recently visited Block D of Lung King Mansion on Matao Wai Road and Tai Yun House on Tai Pa Street in Chun Wan must get tested and stay at home. Officials are looking to complete the exercises by 7 in the morning. A government spokesman said the patients are carrying a mutant strain of COVID-19 and therefore the risk of infection in the relevant area is assessed to be likely higher. The lockdown orders came after COVID outbreaks were confirmed at two secondary schools. The Centre for Health Protection said about eight people from the Union Institute No. 3 school in Cheung Kwan O and five pupils at Li Ai Yao Memorial School in Kwai Chung have come down with the virus. Dr Chuang Shuk Kwan said pupils who live in the virus-hit Kwai Chung estate were a possible source of transmission. When they sit in the classroom and have exams, so we supposedly they did not interact with each other and there is still transmission. So it is likely that the Omicron is very infectious. Of course, we can't exclude the possibility that they interact with each other while waiting for the exam or before and after school. But we did ask the students and they do not know each other. So we suspect that the Omicron is very infectious. That's why uh, resulting in some transmission in the schools. 115 new COVID cases were confirmed today, all but four locally transmitted. The source of infection in six is unclear. Dr Trung said two of the untraceable cases involve elderly people who live in Kwai Fong and Siwan San. She said this may be a sign that COVID is spreading widely in the community. The only places they went usually are markets and they mainly stay at home and do not go to special places. So I think transmission is quite widespread in the community. The Examinations and Assessment Authority says it's making changes to this year's Diploma of Secondary Education exams in light of the COVID situation. An English oral exam scheduled for March is scrapped, while practical tests in music and physical education won't take place until May or June. The move is to prevent pupils from having to gather together. The Director of Public Examinations, Professor Ricardo Mack, says scrapping the oral exam was a difficult decision, but pupils can still show their aptitude in school-based assessments or SBA. In view that SBA already covered the English-speaking ability of the candidates, they still have the opportunity to demonstrate their English-speaking skills and to avoid the risk of uh, infection, we make the reluctant decision that the uh, English-speaking test should be cancelled this year. Local pet shops selling hamsters are to receive government compensation of up to $30,000 after the authorities killed more than 2,000 hamsters earlier this month. The cull was ordered after the animals were suspected to have spread COVID-19 and shops were ordered to shut for some time. The government says each shop is eligible to receive between $10,000 and $30,000 as a one-off payment from the anti-epidemic fund. Pet shop owners can apply for the money starting from tomorrow for the next four weeks. Official figures show Hong Kong's GDP grew by 6.4% last year, ending two years of contraction linked to the pandemic and social unrest. Officials say solid growth in local consumption and external demand underpinned the rebound. 
A government spokesman says the economy is expected to expand further this year, but much depends on the development of the pandemic. Gary Ng, an Asia-Pacific economist at Natixis, says the Omicron wave will make for a slow start this year. If it is only about the rising cases, it doesn't necessarily create a very sharp slowdown in the economy. However, when it is in a combination with the strict government measures, it will mean that uh, a lot of loss in business hours and also means that the large part of the industry, which has actually rebounded quite strong in the second half of last year, actually will face ongoing uncertainties. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy. Cool in the morning and again tomorrow night when there will be one or two rain patches. Brighter during the day with temperatures in the region of 16 to 19 degrees. The outlook becoming cold on Sunday and staying cold and windy with a few rain patches over the Lunar New Year holidays. Currently at the observatory, 18 degrees Celsius, humidity 82%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. The Environmental Protection Department has played down concerns that Hong Kong's air pollution will get worse once the COVID-19 situation stabilises and the economy picks up further. Here's Frank Jung. While latest figures show monitoring stations recorded higher levels of nitrogen dioxide last year than in 2020, Assistant Director of Environmental Protection Kenneth Leung insisted Hong Kong still managed to keep pollutant levels lower than the pre-pandemic days. All the other, for example, the PM 2.5 level, they are virtually flat. That means even in 2021, with less COVID impact, the PM levels could maintain at a relatively low level. The COVID has a lot more impact for NO2. The first impact is on transportation. The impact in 2020 is much higher than the other year. That's why we see a bounce back. Mr. Learn said people should look at long-term trends to gauge the city's air quality rather than focusing on changes within one or two years. According to government data from roadside monitoring stations, the average concentration levels of major air pollutants, including nitrogen dioxide, fine suspended particulates PM2.5, respirable suspended particulates PM10, and sulfur dioxide, dropped by about half between 2011 and 2021. Still, most pollutant levels are far from the latest air quality standards set by the World Health Organization. Mr. Leung did not say exactly when Hong Kong will be able to meet these standards. It depends on a lot of things. For example, the migration or transformation of our vehicle's fleet towards completely zero carbon emissions. It is a very challenging task. We hope that by 2025, we will have a much clearer timeline as well as roadmap. He says reducing ozone levels cannot be achieved by cutting our emissions alone. It requires cooperation with cities in the region. Turning overseas, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has stressed that Moscow does not want war with Ukraine. He appeared to strike a positive tone on U.S. proposals to ease tensions, saying they had grains of rationality. Mr. Lavrov said President Putin was deciding how to respond, but that Moscow would defend its interests. If it depends on Russia, there will be no war. We do not want wars, but neither will we allow our interests to be blatantly violated, our interests to be ignored. 
A rights organisation has criticised a decision to allow North Korea to chair a key United Nations disarmament committee focused on preventing nuclear proliferation. The BBC's Michael Bristow has the details. The presidency of the UN Conference on Disarmament, based in Geneva, is rotated between the organisation's 65 member states in alphabetical order. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea, North Korea's official name, will take over from Cuba in May. The rights group UN Watch said it was fundamentally wrong to put Pyongyang in charge while it was still being sanctioned by the UN for its own nuclear weapons programs. It wants countries to refuse to send their ambassadors to meetings during North Korea's four-week tenure. British police have released a statement that's cast doubt on when a report can be published into parties at Downing Street that allegedly broke Covid rules. They've asked the civil servant writing the document, Sue Gray, to make minimal reference to events they're examining to avoid prejudicing their investigation. The report was expected to be published this week. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson in London. I don't think this is anything less than a complete bombshell from the Metropolitan Police essentially saying, look, the bits of alleged behaviour that are really going to be of interest to people, you know, do minimal reporting on them. So I think the only way you could sort of sum up where we are is in a total mess and shambles. The Downing Street Party accusations have led opposition parties to repeatedly demand the resignation of the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. The Australian government says it will spend an extra 700 million US dollars protecting the Great Barrier Reef. The money will be used to target invasive species and prevent pollutants on land getting into the sea. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison told reporters the investment would also help to protect tens of thousands of tourism jobs that are dependent on the reef. The reef has always been a priority for our government and it's been a priority because we know how important it is to the lives of people in far north Queensland. It's important for their livelihoods, but it's also important for their way of life. The usually colourful reef has been bleached white in many places over recent years because of higher ocean temperatures. Some environmentalists say Australia should spend the money on tackling global warming. To sports and doubts have emerged over the timing of the positive Covid test Novak Djokovic used to enter Australia to try to compete in the Australian Open. The test, taken in Serbia, was submitted to exempt him from rules barring unvaccinated people. Here's the BBC's Matt Graveling. The first test, said to have been taken on the 16th of December, was positive. The other, from six days later, showed a negative result. Both had a unique confirmation code number. But researchers in Germany noticed the earlier test had a higher number than the later one. The BBC has obtained more than 50 Serbian test certificates to check whether these numbers are generated in chronological order. These showed that the earlier the test, the lower the confirmation number. The only test study that did not fit this trend was Novak Djokovic's positive result. Djokovic has been approached for comment but so far hasn't responded. Hong Kong's Coleman Wong has won his second junior doubles Grand Slam tennis title. The 17-year-old teamed up with the American Bruno Kuzuhara to beat Alex Mickelson and Adolfo Daniel Vajeo 6-4-7-6 in the final of the Australian Open. Having cruised through the opening set, Wong and Kuzuhara looked on course for an easy victory at 5-3 ahead in the second. But they then lost three straight games before Kuzuhara managed to hold his serve in the crucial 12th game to send the set into a tiebreaker. He and Wong capitalised on the swinging momentum to close out the match with ease as the 
the Hong Kong star added the Australian Open title to the junior US Open crown he won last year. Daniel Medvedev will play Rafa Nadal for the Australian Open title on Sunday after a stirring victory over Greek fourth seed Stefanos Tsitsipas in the semi-final in Melbourne. The Russian world number two reached the Australian Open decider for the second year in succession by defeating Tsitsipas 7-6-4-6-6-4-6-1. Should Medvedev defeat the Spanish great, he'll become the first man in the Open era to win his first two Grand Slam titles in succession after his triumph at the US Open last September. Nadal earlier beat Italy's Matteo Berrettini in four sets to reach the final at the Rod Laver Arena for the sixth time. That put the 35-year-old Spaniard within one victory of a record 21st Grand Slam singles title, breaking the record he currently shares with Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. But he says that's not what drives him on. You can't be always frustrated if the neighbor has a bigger house than you or a better phone or a better thing, no? And I am not going to be frustrated if Novak or Roger finishes with more Grand Slams than me, no? I, I mean, let's enjoy the the situation. RTHK has announced it will show live Winter Olympics action on its TV channel 32. The public broadcaster says it will show the opening and closing ceremonies of the Beijing Games live, as well as about five hours of live competition every day, totaling at least 60 hours. RTHK will also show action from the Beijing Winter Paralympics. In football, the English Premier League is on a winter break this weekend, but the action is hotting up in Cameroon at the African Cup of Nations. With a look ahead to the weekend's action, here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. We're down to the final eight this weekend at the Africa Cup of Nations. It's been a dream debut for the Gambia, with huge results already against the likes of Guinea. But how will they fare in a quarter-final tie against arguably now the tournament favourites and the hosts, Cameroon? Vincent Abubakar has been the standout striker so far at the tournament. Can he add to the six goals he already has on Saturday? Tunisia made it through the group stage without overly impressing, but their shock win over Nigeria was another huge moment at this AFCON, and it's unlikely they will be underestimated again in their last eight tie against Burkina Faso. Sunday's games are expected to feature two of the biggest names from the English Premier League, with first Mohamed Salah and his Egypt team facing a Morocco side who have yet to sparkle in Cameroon. Surprisingly for a team boasting one of the most exciting strikers in the world, Egypt have scored just two goals in four matches and needed a penalty shootout to make the last eight. And Sadio Mane has insisted all is well after he was concussed playing for Senegal on Tuesday. But his team will be big, big favourites against Equatorial Guinea. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Housing blocks in Hong Hum and Chunwan are locked down after positive Covid tests. Covid outbreaks are confirmed at two secondary schools as Hong Kong reports another 115 new cases. And Hong Kong's economy returns to growth after two years of contraction. The news from RTHK. We come on in this loop, John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau town, we did run. Drinking all night. Got into a fight. Well, I feel so broke. Yeah. 
Of Life is a traditional West Indies tune about a sunken boat and was then adapted in the early 50s by the Weavers, who had a version of uh, the John B. Sales, and then, of course, the Beach Boys with Sloop John B. Into our second hour on this Friday night. A little up tempo stuff to share with you between now and midnight, like this. Yes. 